0: Didn't you just want to sing along? Those microphones were dangerously close to me, <laughs> and I think had I joined, it'd have thrown the harmony off a little bit. So you can have you can praise God for that today. <laughs> Let us pray, God. At this moment, we ask that you draw our hearts close to you. Oh, you are here, and uh, you care for each one of us, and even now you are finding new ways to draw our hearts close to your heart and to redefine our lives for you. Continue to teach us and show us and lead us. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We begin this new year by talking about what it means to create a life that matters. We've looked at community and identity and relationships. And we are working together to create lives that matters. But I think as we move towards the end of this series, it's important that we do a little check. You see, it's possible to plan well, to set goals, and then to realize that what matters to us may not be the same thing that matters to God. And if what we are creating only matters to us, then how will God's vision be fulfilled it's important to do a little check and today's scripture checks us it's a challenging scripture it's a challenging scripture when Jesus preaches a challenging sermon about what really matters and he begins the sermon without any kind of catchy introduction he begins the sermon very directly and very simply Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to us, but to that very first congregation that heard this message, it was revolutionary. To understand that, we have to go back to the meaning of the word blessing. Now, that's a word that we use a lot doesn't have a whole lot of effect on us. Oftentimes we'll be in a meeting and we'll say, how are y'all doing tonight? And people will say, we're blessed. We're blessed. But in the time when Jesus preached this sermon, no one hearing it could have even imagined that they were blessed. Let's go back to the original meaning of that word. When that word was first used, the original word was macarinus. And when they looked at that word, what it meant was, only gods could be blessed. That word was only reserved for gods. And so when Jesus first used that word, blessed, it was shocking. It was unimaginable. At that time, you had to be a god in order to be blessed. Now, over time, the meaning began to shift a little bit. And people thought about it, and began to pray for their loved ones to go to be with the gods. And so they came up with the idea that if the gods are blessed, and then those we love die and go to be with the gods, then they must be blessed as well. So there came a point where in order to be blessed, you either had to be a god or dead. <laughs> the word continued to change and evolve. Ultimately, they came to say that maybe people who are like gods would also be blessed and in their mind who were like the gods but those who were wealthy or in places of power. So in order to be blessed you had to be three things either had to be a God, dead or wealthy. So when Jesus first preached this sermon and used the word that now means blessed no one in that first congregation could imagine that word could apply to them. Now we can imagine it applying to us because we've used it a lot but they hadn't. All they knew was what it meant to be excluded and poor and on the outside. So what's revolutionary about this sermon is that for the first time in their lives, Jesus came and said, you are blessed. What that also meant is that for the first time in their lives, these people were hearing a message they were hungry for. And that message was, you matter they couldn't even begin to fathom that. So when Jesus was redefining the word blessing, he was also redefining their lives. That's the first powerful thing Jesus does in the sermon we read today as part of our scripture. Jesus redefined the meaning of blessing.
1: When Jesus began his sermon with the phrase, blessed are, the people immediately began to tune him out. They had heard about blessings all their life. They knew that what Jesus was going to say, why? Listen to this. Blessings? Blessings were for the other people, the exclusive, the deserving. That's when Jesus smashed all of their definitions. Jesus turned all of their definitions about blessedness, worth, and beauty upside down. Jesus said, Blessed are the destitute. Now Jesus had their attention. Now the listeners were shocked. Jesus said, Blessed are the hungry, the crying, and the hated. Jesus' listeners, they were stunned, mystified, and confused. It's not those who live in River Oaks, eat at La Strada every week, or hang out in the inner circle at J.R.'s who are necessarily blessed. Rather, the blessed ones in the community of God are those who are lost, searching, hurting, excluded the ones who make us raise our eyebrows and stare, Jesus smashed all of our definitions of blessedness.
0: Mm. This is one of those moments where I wish that we could take a congregational road trip. I wish that there was a great big bus we could all pile into right now. And I wish that this great big bus was a magic bus that could take us all the way back to the moment when Jesus first preached this sermon. I wish that we could all be there standing shoulder to shoulder with those who heard this message for the first time because the emotional impact of what Jesus was saying was revolutionary. All their life, the people who heard that first message had been told who they were by other people. All their life, they had been said, you are unclean, you can't go into the temple. You're poor, and because you're poor, you don't have certain privileges. All their lives, they had been defined by their culture. And it was an oppressive culture, a culture that did not include them. But in this sermon, Jesus comes and looks them in the eye and says, I am redefining who you are at this moment. You may think you are poor, but in God's community, you are blessed. You may think you are grieving, but in God's community, you are blessed. You may think you are excluded, but in God's community, you are included. You are blessed. Jesus drew a line in the sand at that moment and said, cross over this line into the new community of God. Cross over this line into God's open arms. Cross over this line into blessing. Blessing, that's only for the gods. Blessing, that's only for those who go to join the gods. Blessing, that's only for the rich. Blessing, who, me? Yes, you, Jesus says. Cross over to the line of love and grace cross over into the community of God. You are blessed. Imagine hearing a word all your life and knowing it doesn't apply to you. And then hearing it not only applied to you, but defined by you. That is how revolutionary this sermon is. And I wish we could take that road trip. So we could hear that word as they heard it then. Not only did Jesus redefine the meaning of blessing, but he also redefined the meaning of beauty. He took the word blessing all the way to the heart of God, a powerful redefinition of what matters.
1: Jesus smashes their definitions, and in doing so, he says something new and powerful about the community of God. God does not regard wealth, happiness, or popularity as signs of goodness. And furthermore, God does not make wealth, happiness, and popularity entitlements to the community of God. Rather, God does the unthinkable. God blesses people, regardless of who and what they are. God goes to the extremes here. God goes to the outer limits of acceptability. God goes all out to include all people in the embrace of love and care. It's a new vision of blessedness that redefines beauty. God gently gathers up even the tiniest fringes of the fabric of humanity, and God values them and preserves them. Therefore, regardless of definitions and attitudes towards people on the outside, in the vision of God... Each person is infinitely, eternally valued, loved, received, and accepted. This is the good news of the gospel and its beauty redefined.
0: Mm. Oh, on this road trip, we wouldn't just stay there. You see, the message is too powerful to be contained. This road trip to true blessing is also a road trip a true beauty. So what we would do is take that bus right back to our community. But this time we wouldn't just pull it up next to the doors of this building or this property. You see, this message can't be contained. It's a message that has to get out. And so we would go through our community calling everyone to the new definition of blessing and love and beauty that Jesus extends. And on this bus, everyone is welcome. And there's room for everybody. All are included. Jesus is offering an unrelenting message that says you matter. I'm defining you in a brand new way. We struggle with this because the truth is we still define ourselves by what the culture around us says matters. We can't help it. We're constantly bombarded with that message. Turn on the television on any night, and all the adver- advertisements will say you only matter if you smell good, so use this deodorant. You only matter if you drive good, so buy this car. You only matter if you look good, so buy this line of clothing. The message is you gotta have in order to matter. Again, Jesus is redefining that by saying it's not what you have, but who you are. It's not on the outside, it's on the inside. It's not the external, but the <laughs> internal. <laughs> and all are included. So that's what I love about Jesus' sermon. He redefines blessing, he redefines beauty, and he doesn't limit it. He opens it to everybody. All are included in Jesus' redefinition of what matters.
1: God looks beyond all of our externals and sees into the very depth of our need. And God comes to us in our emptiness. And through our hurt, we can become full in ways that cannot be measured. The places in our lives that may seem ugly, they actually become openings of mercy and grace. God's vision of beauty goes deeper than wealth laughter, or popularity. Therefore, as we create lives that matter, we must go deeper ourselves than wealth, laughter, and popularity. We cannot put our trust in the external measures of what just appears to matter. What matters to God must matter more and more to us. Therefore, we must be aware of ever despising the poor or the hungry, the mournful and the ones rejected who live in our midst. Our call, if we choose to live in the vision of Jesus, is to help the hurting, share what we have with them, pray for them and love them in the same measure that God has now said we are loved. The grace of God can all too easily run off the backs of self-satisfied, yet when we acknowledge our need we admit that we are empty and need of mercy and grace. Then God can come and fill us, then use us to create blessings in the lives of others that we could never create for ourselves. And when people tell us that certain kinds of people are blessed and others are not, we will know. That's not the vision of Jesus. Human definitions of beauty are wrong, but on the other hand, God's grace is true. And when God's Son, Jesus Christ, proclaims that grace and mercy is for all people, we can depend on it.
0: Amen. We can work like crazy to get everything we've ever dreamed of. To do all that we've ever wanted to do. And it will not matter if what we've gained and achieved doesn't matter to God. And if what we've gained and achieved doesn't send the message that all around us people matter. What matters to God? People. Inner beauty. Jesus came to redefine the way we think and the way we live and was unrelenting and extending That redefinition, that redefinition of blessing and beauty, unrelenting. Made me think of a chaplain who worked in a state prison. He received an unusual request from a mother. She'd been coming week after week to visit her son, who was in prison for several years. He was so so ashamed of his crime, he became bitter. Wouldn't speak to his own mother. He didn't want to see her. Became angrier and angrier. Finally, after being disappointed several weeks, she went to the chaplain and said, maybe you can talk to my son and maybe you can get him to to, to see me. She didn't have a lot of money, so she had to take a bus every week to travel across the state to get there. She couldn't even afford a car. Nevertheless, her son, week after week, continued to refuse her. This, this really ripped the heart out of that chaplain. So finally, one day, when he came back to her with the same message, your, your son still refuses to see you, he said, You know, uh, he won't talk to you, but, but let me talk to you. You've been taking that bus week after week to come here and see your son, and, and he won't see you. As your chaplain, as your pastor, I think it's time for, for me to give you a reality check. Get on with your life. He's made his choices. It's time for you to live your life. And then the chaplain said, nobody would do what you've done week after week after week, rejection after rejection after rejection. Nobody would take that kind of rejection. And then she looked at the chaplain and she looked up. She said, oh, somebody will. In fact, somebody has. Century after century after century. After she left, that chaplain got down on his knees and got closer to the vision of God. A God who is unrelenting and extending blessing and beauty and love to us. A God who will keep offering that blessing until we receive it. A God willing to be rejected to lead to that ultimate truth. You matter. If you're comfortable, take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer. God of grace, God of love, God of mercy, we thank you so much that you show us again what matters. Continue to redefine the meaning of blessing in our lives. Continue to redefine the meaning of beauty. Thank you for being a God who is unrelenting in including all people in your message of unconditional love. We give you praise and glory. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this, your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen. Amen.